Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. We are so grateful for your heart light and for your smile and your love. Gaia, planet Earth, thanks you as well. And my guest today is returning to our podcast to share beautiful information. One of our biggest questions is, what's my purpose? What's my mission? Well, you do have a mission. And my guest today, Matthew John, is an intuitive and a starseed guide who assists you in discovering your mission. We are going to talk with Matthew John today and welcome him back into this space and a beautiful new paradigm. Hello, Matthew John. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lauren. Yes, <laughs> Hi. Thank you for having me back. It's the new year. It's so nice to be here. I'm really, really grateful. Thank you again for welcoming me. Thank you for being here. We are going to talk with you about our soul's plan and yeah. Uh, yeah. all these different aspects of what our purpose is. And yeah. let's, before we get there, because you are yeah. so good and and um, speak so well on this whole entire topic. So we're just going to let you roll. But before we get mm-hmm. there, let's just check in on the current events and just uh, talk about our um, our surrender, if you will, to any of the worries that may be out mm. there and, and keep our eye on the prize of unity consciousness to develop this within ourselves so deeply mm. that it goes within ourselves, our family, our community, and really, uh, mm-hmm. that's our mission in our mm-hmm. soul path. Can you share your perspective on current events? Absolutely. I would love to. I didn't expect to, but absolutely. Let's do it. Um, so, <laughs> it's you know, helpful. I know people have that question. Yes. You know what? It makes sense. I actually had that thought, like, you know, before the show when I was walking my dog. I was like, 
Oh, it's mm-hmm. January 19th, tomorrow's the inauguration. Like, I didn't even think when I scheduled the show for this date, I, I wasn't even thinking about the inauguration at all. I just said, oh, no. Tuesday in January. It looks great, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're right. This, this is a, you know, tomorrow's a significant day for our country's history, as Inauguration Day always is, and, you know, our, our nation. I know, you know, one of the things I love about what I do is being on this platform and YouTube and other platforms is, we talk to people from all over the world and, you know, the United States, of course, what's going on in the U S has an effect everywhere because people see it. And, you know, our country is, is a big player in world events. So uh, my perspective is this, uh, you know, I did my uh, 2021 preview for the soul shine series, which was great. And I hope everyone you know, got to see that. I think it's still up on YouTube. If, if people didn't see it yet, um, you know, myself and, and what 20 or so other speakers, right. We're on there. Um, you know, giving their, their 2021 takes and, and um, energy upgrades and all that. What I was uh, speaking about in, in my segment on, on the Soul Shine was, you know, a lot about the astrology of 2021 being very Aquarius dominant. Um, you know, 2020, from a Western astrology standpoint, was very Capricorn dominant, and we're moving into, we've moved into a very Aquarian dominant year with uh, Jupiter and Saturn, especially. And with Aquarius, what the energy is, it's, uh, it, it can be a bit dualistic because although Aquarius, the highest aspect of Aquarius is about unity consciousness, the lower aspect, the other side of that coin is when people will dig their heels in ideologically. And that's exactly what we've seen happen. We've seen a lot of ideological division develop over the past couple of years, especially a lot of it based on, you know, political and, and the man who was in the, the Oval Office here in the United States and, and the spiritual community, too, a lot of different differing views about that man's role in, you know, planetary events and in the Ascension. And with, I don't want to necessarily get into my opinions on all that. I think what's more important to recognize and to share today, like you said, in the, um, in the light of unity consciousness is the fact that just we have to remember that's the point of this whole thing. That's that's what gets us to the destination is the unity consciousness. The division, which is real easy to fall into, I mean, on one level, that's been a tactic. I, I, I say that mm-hmm. word, you know, um, intentionally. It's been a tactic used by dark forces since the beginning of civilization here on this planet to maintain control and maintain power because a divided populace has is is not as dangerous to those in power and we can be divided along many different ways we can divide based on skin color based on religion based on spiritual beliefs based on you know which football team you like and also obviously politics and this you know to me the most one of the most unfortunate um, side effects of this uh, pandemic, besides all the people that have passed away and lost loved ones and, you know, had long-term health effects, has been just the division that it's caused, like, the mask argument and, and just the ideology behind how to confront it. Um, and we found ourselves perhaps more politically divided as a nation than in a long time. And it's troubling to look at it's unfortunate to look at because in a way it's it's kind of not the direction that helps us to 
move towards that ascension. In, in, in another aspect, it is necessary because, of course, everything that happens on a world stage is necessary. It's necessary for something to come of, of it, for some collective karma to be worked out, for some collective lessons to be learned on the ground level. But the ultimate destination, what ultimately brings us closer to where we want to go in the ascension is that unity consciousness, because that's what that the destination is unity consciousness. So if that's, mm. if that's what we want in the future, the more we instill that in the now, the more we're vibrationally contributing to where we want to go. I mean, that's that's the idea of law of attraction in general. You want to contribute in the now the vibration that you want to feel later. So if we want to feel ultimately on this planet in the new earth, and your platform is called the New Earth One Network, that's, that's the main gist of everything you do and all the speakers you have, right, about the new earth. If we want to feel unity with fellow man and woman and, and all genders in the new earth, then we want to instill that more and more now. So tomorrow is a day... Honestly, I don't anticipate anything crazy going down. I mean, I really don't. I think it's going to be pretty smooth. And I think that uh, the more that we can just meditate and visualize peace and unity for all, regardless of what we're seeing on the outside, you know, for most of us, that's our role anyways. Not a lot of us are directly involved in politics. And maybe some are that are listening to this call, and that's great. You know, I think it's great to get involved with local politics or even on a bigger, bigger scale. But most of us are in positions of being light workers in different fields. Some of us are in the field that you and I are in, in the direct healing field. Some of us are in the medical field. Some of us are, are you know, um, auto technicians. I mean, there's a, a million different things that we could be involved in. But were light bulbs like sometimes when i just visualize the interconnection of all the light workers and star seeds on the planet i visualize as being like light bulbs lighting up all over the planet in every country you know in every in every area and it's the same like there's light bulbs popping up in every every area of life you know in politics and sports and entertainment and the stuff that we do in everything, journalism, every area you can think of, the medical field, there's light bulbs turning on more and more. Those are the light workers awakening. It's an in, ascension is an inside out job. It happens when people are waking up from within the game, from within the matrix, so to speak. It's not about escaping the matrix. It's all about just waking up within it and then changing the matrix from within. So really our role is to find that vibration however we can. Whatever you think about the, the new person that's coming into the Oval Office, whatever you know about maybe who he's associated with or if he's a real human being, if he's not a real human being, if he's a hybrid extraterrestrial, I mean, whatever your beliefs are, what's important is just it's not about him. It has nothing to do with him. It's about us, the people and just putting out that vibration of peace as much as we can. And it's not about being subservient necessarily. It's about just instilling that vibration. And then, then whatever happens to lead us to that vibration, whatever needs to happen, 
but we're not contributing. I don't believe that it's helpful <clears throat> for light workers to contribute to the division. If, if that, I mean, there's a difference between having like political discussions with people, with, which I actually love doing. I love discussing politics with, with friends I do and clients, you know, if they want to talk about it, but there's a difference between that and actually really putting out the vibration of division. Like maybe we saw, you know, during the protests that kind of went a little too much in my opinion, but I don't know if that helps. Uh, I think that's kind of what you were pointing to as well in your beliefs. Yeah. Well, it is. um, Yes. And so as we've chatted with the spiritual teachers, they are all, and you are, and we are all in agreement and alignment that we are each responsible for our own energy and uh, we're seeing a purge of so many lifetimes of miscreations of our thoughts and actions and feelings, right? In the words of Patricia Diane Cota-Robles, that we are here uh, holding space, holding the vibration, bringing the light. And so surrender to all the other worries and allow the higher self connection to inspire us and lead us and it will be good it will be good yes yeah and and you know it's like and something that just came to mind while you're saying that is the matter of like paying attention you know for for a long time i didn't really watch the news it didn't interest me and then recently in the past year i've been really interested in watching the news actually really interested really interested in reading what's going on politically but i i never I don't ever feel victimized by it. And that's the key. If you feel victimized or angered or emotionally triggered by what you're seeing, that's when you know it's time to take a step back and retreat into your own consciousness and to just bring the light into your own experience of life. Because then in that way, you'll be able to be a a better contributor in the now moment to the vibration, like we said, that we're working towards, which is unity. Whereas if you can pay attention to things without getting yourself uh, vibrationally embroiled in it too much, then it's, it's good if you enjoy it. Like personally, just, just like I like, I like watching hockey or, or, or baseball or soccer. Like it's just enjoyable to me. It's the same thing. Like I can now watch a political talk show and enjoy the discussion. And it's just the stage that I'm at. But what I'm saying is basically whatever works for you. If not paying attention at all to the news works better for you and just retreating into your own consciousness, going for walks in the woods, if that's what works for you is just kind of not paying attention, then do that. But if you want to pay attention, just make sure you're not, it's not bringing your vibration anywhere that it wouldn't be if you weren't paying attention. You know what I mean? What I'm saying? Absolutely. Yep. Good point. Thank you for that perspective. We do appreciate it. All right. So now let's go on to our topic, understanding your life plan. You know, again, I mentioned this is perhaps the most asked question in all the hypnosis sessions and everything. What's my purpose? What's the purpose? So you are here to share that we actually – come in with the whole design 
And we are looking forward to you sharing more on that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's also probably the most asked question that I get when people do private readings with me is what's my purpose or, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone wants to know. It's kind of the, it's one of the primordial questions, really, if you distill it down is just, why am I here? What's the point? Right? Why am, why do I exist? And that's, that's really the ultimate philosophical question. And this is all, everything I'm going to share in the next hour is based on my personal research with clients, with doing readings for years with clients, or doing past life regressions, which we'll talk about later, which is an amazing tool for understanding the role of past lives in your life plan, and books, and just my own channelings, and just my own intuitive understandings of how things work. So by no means do I claim to know exactly how this works, and I don't know if any of this is actually the truth. But what I want you to do is just tune in while I'm speaking, feel if this feels truthful to you, and if it feels like it helps. Because ultimately, if I'm not speaking to you and it's not helping, then there's no point of you listening. But I am pretty sure by the end of this, you're going to be glad you listened because you're going to have a better understanding of what this all means, how to figure out your purpose, and how to just better understand your life so you can navigate it better. So why are we here? In my opinion, we're here as souls in a human vessel, not just to exist. Of course, existence is one aspect of purpose. It really is. And so many of us get at certain points in our journey, and, and I'm, I've definitely had this happen to me many times, many stages, is getting too pulled into the why too pulled into the trying to figure everything out to the point where you forget that one of the purposes is just existence. And I call that like the Eckhart Tolle side of spirituality, the basics of spirituality that no matter what we're doing, no matter if we're on the top of a mountain, you know, meditating, or if we're working on the front lines of of COVID as a nurse or whatever, no matter what we're doing, that existence part is always relevant. And that's why coming back, to honoring the present moment is always something we need to remember to do on a daily basis. And it's sometimes one of the most difficult things to to make ourselves do. But that's one purpose. It really is. One purpose is just an existence. Another purpose of life, though, is to negotiate your life plan. And your life plan is very specific. And it's based off of past life karma, And it's based off of lessons that your soul intends to navigate, which also have to do with past life karma. And it has to do with developing your dharma, which is your soul's mission, your life's mission. And that's what, when people ask about purpose, really most of the time they're asking about their dharma. And they want to know why, like, what is the big thing that I came here to do on the planet? And Oftentimes, it takes negotiating the life lessons, especially in this lifetime that we find ourselves in. Because this lifetime, I call this the ascension lifetime, is special. It's different than the ones before this. Usually, we've had other lifetimes as well, several others on the planet where we had more of an enlightened experience. Like many of us, for example, were incarnated in Lemuria and or Atlantis, 13,000 16,000 years ago, 
And many of us were also incarnated in Mesopotamian times or Sumerian times when they had reached a certain level of spiritual enlightenment there, or we had incarnated in Buddhist temples, or we had incarnated in ancient Egypt when the pyramids were built. So a lot of us have had other lifetimes where we were seeking spirituality, we were seeking enlightenment, and we may have actually reached a level of enlightenment and then kind of dove back into the, from a linear time standpoint, dove back into the illusion more and just more into the karmic lessons more. But we all have, so most of us have some memories of that, and also some of us have memories of from our star seed itself, for, for those of us, and probably all of us on the call who are star seeds, we have memories of, of enlightened existence on other planets and other realms, even in other galaxies. So we come here in this ascension lifetime, which mo- all of us probably on this call are in right now, to wrap up our personal karma from past lives here on Earth and to live out our dharma, which is our purpose. And usually we have to work through those lessons before the, the dharmic uh, becomes much clearer. So that's one way to explain purpose. And as I said, another way to explain purpose is literally just existence. Um, let's talk a little bit about past life karma. So how do we accumulate past life karma? How does past life karma get settled, so to speak? So I see our, your soul as being like, almost like the director of a play, almost like the director of a Shakespeare play. And your soul wants to experience all aspects of life, all emotions, all sides of things. Your soul wants to experience poverty and riches. Your soul wants to experience strength and weakness. Your soul wants to experience being victimized and victimizing another. Your soul wants to experience being someone who saves people and someone who's saved by others. Your soul wants to experience sickness, and your soul wants to experience being a healer or a doctor. Your soul wants to experience being famous, and your soul wants to experience being a nobody. Your soul wants to experience being, uh, you know, having a disability, and your soul wants to experience being, you know, having what other people would call perfect genetics. Your soul wants to experience being ugly. Your soul wants to experience being beautiful. And everywhere in between, your soul wants to experience being a woman being a man, being heterosexual, being homosexual, being asexual, being every, every possibility you can imagine. And for most of us who are star-seeded souls, we've experienced at least hundreds of past lifetimes on this planet alone. And that's not to count the many, many, you know, who's to say what number of lifetimes we may have experienced in other realms. And in this lifetime, we, as I said, I call this the ascension lifetime, because this is when we're meant to kind of wrap it all up, put a bow and tie on all that past life stuff. And that's why a lot of us have really difficult experiences in this ascension lifetime. Many light workers have come from abuse. Many light workers have come from addiction. Many light workers have lost people in tragic ways. Many light workers have gone through all sorts of really traumatic and hurtful experiences in this lifetime. And of course, people who aren't necessarily in their ascension lifetime. Are, you know, go through that as well. And we've gone through this in other lifetimes. But the, the difference, the subtle difference in the Ascension lifetime being is the game is kind of set up for you to really learn and expand and grow spiritually very quickly. So one of the most common things I see with Lightworkers Life Plans is that they'll go through a really difficult dark night of the soul 
Dark Night of the Soul being a time when you might have one or two or three or four really difficult events happen to you in a, in a very short period of time. And you might find yourself in addiction and depression, could find yourself broke or homeless. You know, there's all sorts of ways, you, you know, injured, ill. Um, so during these dark nights of the soul, this is when you're experiencing kind of like a karmic return, meaning you're, experience the, you're experiencing the physical effects of unsettled karma from other lifetimes. The soul, as I said, the soul wants to experience everything. The soul also wants to balance everything, like the sign of Libra. The, so, the soul wants balance with everything. So if the soul says, all right, I experienced this in another lifetime, it feels unbalanced because I didn't experience the other side of it. So the soul puts in the life plan and, and has contracts with other souls for something like that to occur so you feel the balance of it, right? Like a real simple example, let's say in another lifetime, uh, the, the character you were playing um, was was uh, driving a boat and rammed into another boat and sank a boat and it was by accident. But I don't know, maybe the soul says in another lifetime, I, okay, now I'm going to experience a boating accident, but I'm the one that's not in a good position. I'm the one that gets hit by the boat. You know, that thing with balance, the soul wants to experience balance somehow. And it's never that anything, it's never a punishment. That's kind of a, a misnomer that you know, people can, can give to karma. Karma is never punishment. And it's never, it's, it's also generally not as exact as the, the same circumstance repeating with maybe, you know, the characters reverse. Sometimes it is. But it's just a, a desire to balance experiences through experiencing both sides of an experience. Okay. So, you know, people have, um, for example, a lot of light workers have the unfortunate experience of losing a loved one um, to illness or, or to some tragic circumstance. And that, in many ways, there can be a contract with that soul where that soul says, you know, in another lifetime, you left me early. You got sick and left me early and left me devastated. And I want to experience the other side. And your soul says, I want to experience the other side of that too. And the contract becomes, okay, you'll leave me early in this lifetime. And one of the things that I do in my soul plan reading is I get into soul contracts. It's one of my favorite things to do is to really dig into and kind of energetically read what's in a soul contract between two souls. Because the closest souls to you, I mean, think about the people who have had the most influence on your life. And these are family members. These are lovers and ex-lovers. These are close friends. These are maybe close business associates. These people that have had the most influence on your life, you can bet, you can probably bet that you've had past life experiences with them as well. And whatever was unsettled karmically, whatever your soul and that soul said needed to be worked out in this lifetime, the events will be put in place through the life plan in order for that karma to be worked out and balanced. And sometimes... Karma isn't always just worked out on the earth either. Sometimes karma is worked out in the afterlife, in the astral plane. Sometimes when one soul is in the afterlife and one soul is still on earth. Sometimes when both souls are in the afterlife, there can be karmic balances that come through experiencing uh, an astral realm that could look very similar to earth. It could look a little bit different. 
but with both uh, souls playing out in an etheric, but what appears to be a physical form, what needs to be worked out. So the soul contract is, is a really interesting part of all this. And the life plan, people often ask me, and it's a question I ask myself and others for their opinions, it's to me probably the most fascinating question in all of life is what is free will and what is destiny? What is meant to happen and what can we change? And I'll be very honest, I do not know the answer to that, but I will give you my opinion on it. <laughs> I will give you my opinion based on just what I've seen with others' life plans and my own challenges and experience. It's my belief that the life plan, the major event, the major big events, and you can think right now, think back over the 20, 30, 40, 50, 80, 90 years you've lived in this body. You can think of the major events, the stuff that's just written into your memory bank. Those were very likely in the life plan. Those were very likely unavoidable, whether they were positive experiences or not so positive experiences. And the truth is we actually generally learn more from the not so positive experiences than from the positive experiences. Because it's easy. It's easy to coast. It's easy to be grateful. You know, gratitude is, is one of the lessons. I, I remember I did a show a year or two ago about, you know, all the soul lessons that everyone must learn. Um, gratitude is one of them. You know, all of us have to learn gratitude in one way or another. And to learn gratitude when things are good is easy. When you've got the house, the relationship, the career, the health you want, it's easy to be grateful. It ain't so easy to be grateful when it seems like everything is going wrong, right? But that's one of the objects, that's one of the uh, intentions that your soul has those experiences for you. It's for us to learn that gratitude no matter what, for us to learn forgiveness, for us of self and other, for us to learn non-duality. Just like we started the show talking about non-duality on a larger scale, on a global scale, in our personal existence as souls in this physical form learning in this school, Earth really is a school, that non-duality, that non-judgment of self and other is one of the most difficult lessons. And that's why on a collective level, we're born into a planet where judgment is a big deal. Judgment based on skin color, judgment based on looks, judgment based on sexual orientation, judgment based on gender. Just There's a lot of judgment in this world in our country and every other country on the planet. And that's one of our contributions as light workers is to unravel that judgment into unity, into appreciation, into allowing everyone to be as they wish to be. In the higher realms, I often think about so like life on the Pleiades, for example. Life on the Pleiades is, uh, or, or life on Sirius, or life on uh, in the Arcturian realms. You know, when we do these starseed discovery sessions, uh, which is another great thing that I do with clients, you know, we take people to to their, their realm, their home realm, and they get to experience it. And you can see the unity. There, There is no judgment. There is no separation. There is no one person being better than another. And that, that non-dual uh, existence is what we're, eventually going to turn this planet into as we reach into the fifth dimensional realms. 
So that's another lesson that we all must learn. And all these specific lessons that we must learn are going to most be learned through and after the most difficult experiences of our lives. And you could be sure that those are in the life plan. You could be sure that the people, romantic relationships, family relationships, really close friendships and business relationships, you can be sure that those are written into the life plan. Major events that we might find ourselves being a part of, like a hurricane, like a tornado, like a, a, a war or a major political event that we happen to be directly involved in, you could be sure that that is written into the life plan. A major illness, a chronic illness, a disability, a learning disability, anything that has a major effect on your life, you can be sure it's written into your life plan. And we get to fill in everything else. It's like a, it's like a canvas that has the big stuff already painted in. And then we get to take a paintbrush and do what we will with it. And our free will, our free will comes in in the little day-to-day stuff. Our free will is, what am I going to wear today? What am I going to eat today? But that's not the extent of our free will. Our free will also is powerful enough that we can, in a way, shift our life plan from the ground. And the way that we do that is by, we're, the, although the life plan has the major events written in, so to speak, there's different possibilities. And depending on the choices we make, we'll find ourselves navigating different paths. And those, those paths will have those pre-written events happening at a certain time or not at a certain time with certain people or maybe with different people. Or maybe there could be an event that's written into our life plan that will occur only if we don't learn a certain lesson in a certain time. And maybe if we do, we won't need that. And we'll go to a different timeline, a different path, where different experiences will happen. So although the things are pre-written in, we have that free will choice of taking different paths based on our choices and our vibration. But from the, now this is where it gets a little trippy. From the present moment, right now, looking back, everything is kind of written in stone in your past because it happened. So although you had choice points where certain events may have been a little different, certain events may have happened at a different timing or maybe not at all, some were unavoidable based on the life plan. There are, I do believe, some things in a life plan, no matter what you choose, you couldn't avoid it, right? But sometimes things are, there are different paths that can make certain pre-written events happen or not or happen at different times or happen with different people. But from the perspective of now, everything happened exactly as it should have. So looking from the present into the past, everything that happened up until this moment happened exactly perfectly as was planned, even though we had the free will. Because once it's written, it's written. And then we come into the present moment where this is where we have the power of choice and free will to navigate these different possible paths of our future. And on a collective level, again, because we started the show talking about the collective, we're basically choosing collective paths as well based on our collective vibration. So the ascension, although the end result of the ascension is written in stone, that it will occur because it has been something that's been planned by the galactics 
for a very long time, since the beginning of our planet, perhaps, the ascension was planned. And so it will happen. It must happen in order to maintain a certain balance in our galaxy. However, how it happens, how quickly it happens, what possible pre-written collective events need to happen or will not happen is based on our collective vibration. And remember, there's 8 billion of us. And there's maybe, you know, thousands of us on this call, but there's 8 billion of us on the planet. We do have a powerful effect on the collective field every time we choose unity, every time we visualize peace and healing and, and do things that, are, you know, are, are of selfless service and help others and raise our own vibration by working with our own shadow and everything, all this stuff that, you know, you listen to all the other wonderful speakers on the show and they help you with. So we do have that choice of free will. So I don't I hope that makes sense to people. I'd love to hear um, – Loren, your feedback. I'll, I'll uh, take a little sip of water here. If there's any comments coming in, then we can we can move on. Well, there is a question because, <clears throat> of course, this does bring it up, and it's um, you know, like some. I don't have a name here for this um, listener with a question, but it's like when we always find that soulmate or twin flame. This person has found an intimate involvement with a soulmate and twin flame three times over the years. Why does the separation keep happening? You know, and what is necessary for it to be possible that we can eventually come together permanently? Yeah, well, again, it's um, it would be based on what is written in the soul contract. Mm -hmm. And... Sometimes for a relationship like this, whether you want to call it a soulmate, a twin flame, whatever it may be, there is there will be those pre-written separations that occur. And sometimes it's meant to come back together and stay permanently, and sometimes it's not. And it really depends on the specific life plan, the specific plan for each character involved, for each soul involved. I would, <clears throat> my suggestion would be to, obviously we, we want what we want. We want what we desire because we feel like it would feel best to us. And we want to also keep in mind that although what we want is what we want, it may not necessarily be always what is best for us and what is best for that other person perhaps and that's why the best thing in my opinion for this person to do the more you can let go let go of needing that future outcome that you want to occur to occur and just intending for what is the highest possibility for myself and that person and this way you can't lose, really. It, it, it's actually much healthier to yourself and actually a, a beautiful act of self-love to really let go more and intend to allow the universe to give the best outcome for both of you rather than just what you want to happen. Because oftentimes we want something 
and even to, to put it into another, um, you know, relationships, definitely we can look back in our past and sometimes you'll, you can see you may have wanted one thing and then you may have wanted something else. And then maybe you wanted something, you wanted it again, or maybe you didn't. We, we change. When we evolve, sometimes the way that we look at something changes, right? But even to step outside of the paradigm of relationships and step into, I don't know, something simple like, um, like jobs, right? You know, you may have, um, some of us probably can think back in our lives and we probably really, really wanted a job and we thought we were going to get it. Maybe the cards or a psychic said we were going to get it and we didn't, we got passed up and we're like, what the heck happened? Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> two months fly by and maybe we met someone that we wouldn't have met if not for that job, or maybe we got a better offer or, you know, maybe somewhere else and our moved and our whole lives changed. It's very common, you know? So, and it's not, it's really the hardest way to apply this. The hardest um, aspect of life to apply this is in relationships because when the heart is involved, it's, it takes over everything. But if you could step back to that person, ask that question again, step back, and just intend for whatever is best for both of you and just surrender into from that. There may be a higher perspective. You may not necessarily know what is the best for you. And you may not necessarily know what is the best for that person. And they might not know either. And so surrendering that to God or to the universe or to your souls, because your souls know your souls know that's much healthier, both short and long term for both of you from a spiritual, mental, and physical level than to try to force it to happen, try to make it happen because you want it to happen because you feel it's meant to happen. Regardless of whether you feel it's meant to happen or not, surrender to some sort of higher power, whatever that is for you. Again, it could be soul, it could be God, universe, higher self, whatever you want to say, to let it play out how it's meant to. And how it's meant to play out will be what's in the life plan. And sometimes, even if there is free will involved, so, and a lot of times that is a thing, there is flexibility in, in soul contracts, especially in romantic relationships. There can be a flexibility where, depending on the choices of one and or the other person, it can either lead to a continuation of the relationship or a breaking up or, or different possibilities. Regardless of if there's flexibility, still, if you intend for what is the highest good, for both of us, because from the ego perspective, from our little mind perspective, we can rarely know that. We sometimes think we know, but we can't, because it often, so often it's what we want to happen, because it's what feels good. But we don't know if the whole, from the whole scheme of everything, if that's actually what's in the highest good. So just intend for the highest good, and then naturally let things play out, and then naturally follow your instincts. Naturally follow your heart, and your partner hopefully will follow their instincts and follow their heart, and then you'll see what happens. I hope that's helpful to the person that's uh, asked that question. Yes, and helpful to all of us because it shows us once again the power of surrender. When yeah. we do surrender, yeah. it is a, it, it, it's not a cop-out by any means. No, But no, it is no, a release the of it really it's the, the opposite. opposite. Yeah, it's a yeah, release yeah. of the worry, the fear that yes, it's just yes. not there anymore. And... For those who have trouble releasing, what would you say 
um, I know you've helped your clients just release and let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, releasing, releasing. What is the key to releasing? I just want to put this in the least number and most effective words as possible. The key to releasing is having the faith. It's, it's really the same thing we just talked about. It's having the faith that there is a higher plan and a higher power that has a much higher view of what's going on that knows better than you. And the more, when you release, you open the door to allow for the highest good to happen for you and everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Letting go is, is an, it's an opening of doors. Holding on to the past is it's keeping doors closed to new possibilities. And it's also, you know, the exact thing that can create illness in the body is holding on too tightly to something that may not serve you anymore, to something that may be, you know, long gone. It's a natural thing we do because especially when it comes to, like, relationships from the past, we have memories of the good times. We have memories of the feeling, the feeling of being nurtured, the feeling of being appreciated the feeling of being listened to, right? And when the relationship is over, sometimes we can lose that and we can have trouble giving that to ourselves. And that's one of the lessons of relationships that end is how to transition from relying on another person to receive that, to make you feel that validation and that okayness and that safety to doing that for yourself. And it's not always the easiest thing to do, especially if we were raised by parents who didn't do a good job at doing that for us. Or even sometimes if we were raised by parents that did a bit too much of that for us and didn't teach us how to do it for ourselves. It can work both ways. But, yeah, in in essence, um, letting go, releasing. And, you know, I mean, we just entered into a new year. Capricorn season is a great time for letting go and releasing in all ways. It's, uh, you know, Capricorn is kind of the, the part of the zodiac where we can just really clean stuff out, clean the body, clean your home, clean your mind, right? So it's a good time to do releasing. And it's just having that faith that by releasing something, we're just allowing room for new things. And yes. we may find that when we look back, we'll be happy we released because maybe something else came along that was an even better match, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's a home, whether whatever the situation is. Just, you know, this is, it's the cycle of life. It's winter into spring. You know, winter in essence is, is, well, really autumn, right, is the releasing. Winter is that kind of void of, you know, winter is the dark night. Winter is where we go within and, and do the shadow, do the shadow work after the releasing and then into spring, metaphorically speaking. You know, that's when we're allowing the new growth. So we need to release first the old leaves to grow the new leaves on. So I hope that, that's helpful to your inquiry. Absolutely. And again, it is the faith that something greater is coming yeah. in. Absolutely. Something more more aligned. More, more aligned. Mm-hmm. Because we, we get attached, like, again, as, as the small ego self, we get attached to feelings. So this is what makes it so difficult sometimes to release past relationships is, as I said, we get attached in our mind 
to the good feelings of, of being nurtured, right? And we're, but we're not always tuned in to what is the higher selves or the soul's view on this. Because really, realistically, logically looking at things, and I'm a very logical thinker, it's one of my strong points in the spiritual field, is that logically speaking, if something didn't work out, it, there was probably a reason for it. Whether it was a job or a relationship or, you know, a house you rented or whatever it is. If it didn't work out, there's probably a reason it didn't work out. And maybe by releasing it, we can then go through the inner work on our own and then call something that's more aligned and maybe will work better. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And so in this process, let's talk about spirit guides. You have a relationship yeah. with your guides, archangels and ascended beings that give you information and inspiration. And we all have this ability now and we are guided so much more, even in this year, to co-create the patterns of perfection with higher beings of light. So talk about um, how we can really partner or work with our spirit guides, understand them better. Yeah, great question. Great question. And it's definitely something that a lot of people ask about. I love talking about spirit guides. I did a whole Mastery Empowerment course uh, back in uh, November, I think, on that, which was cool. I think it's, oh, yeah, it's part of the packages that we're, we're going to tell people about uh, at the end here. So um, spirit guides, there's different types of guides. You have guides that are loved ones that passed over. You have guides that are loved ones that are souls that you know very intimately, perhaps souls in your um, soul group of 12. So just briefly, we have a group of 12 souls, which is called an oversoul, yourself and 11 other individuated souls. And 12 oversouls then make up a group of 144, which is called the monad. And you are, this This is where it gets trippy again. You are the self. So you are, you know, I, I am Matthew. You are Loren. You are whatever your name is. You're that, That's the, the personality self, the ego self. You are also the soul self. You are also the oversoul. So those 11 other souls that are so close and some of them are incarnated at any period of time some of them aren't some of them are in the afterlife or in the astral heaven whatever you want to call it and you know that you are also that oversoul you are also those 11 other folks and yourself and you are also the 143 other people and yourself that's also you you are also the monad and you are also your higher self which is to me the higher self is is much closer to that god consciousness than even the soul is the soul has a personality, which is very interesting. You're, and and a, you're, you're, the highest aspects of your personality, like for me, I'm a good speaker, I'm funny, I'm charismatic. That's stuff that comes from soul. And, you know, some people, they're, they're great singers or they're really good listeners or whatever your, the best aspects of your personality are or you're really, really reliable, you know, or you're really, really um, structured, you know, whatever those highest aspects of your personality. Those are like the aspects of personality that come from the soul, actually. So the soul isn't necessarily completely enlightened either. And there's actually a higher aspect of soul and a lower aspect of soul. And this is one really interesting point. I'm going to get to spirit guys. Don't worry. I sometimes speak in circles, but it all comes back. 
<laughs> uh, one really um, interesting aspect of souls is that uh, souls can actually make mistakes or make miscalculations or errors in the life plan, which is very interesting. And it's not that it's not an error is like that, oh, something catastrophic is going to happen that wasn't supposed to. What it is is basically the soul is setting up these contracts. Basically, think of it being up in heaven and you're working these 12-hour days. And this is literally probably almost how it actually is. It's you're like working these long days as a soul with, you know, um, planning everything out on these big screens, working with other souls to plan things out to make these contracts with all sorts of guides and angels around you helping you to make these contracts. But the angels and guides will, you know, from, from what I understand, will kind of mostly have their hands off and have the souls plan out their lifetimes as part of their learning and then go experience those lifetimes. And, you know, a lot of us have heard of the idea of life review. When you exit the planet, when you pass over and you, you successfully pass over into the light, you, one of the first things that might happen, I don't think it's necessarily the first thing, but it happens at some point in the afterlife is you have your life review. And that's when the angels and guides will sit with you and talk about the life plan that you created and what things really worked out, what things didn't work out, what, where did you deviate from your life plan, where did you stick to your life plan, which choice points, what might have happened, what would have happened on, on the most likely timeline if you had taken another fork in the road at the major choice points, what karma or what unresolved um, issues that you still have to work out in the afterlife or on earth with different souls. So that's all part of the life review. The reason that I'm saying all of this is because we have these different aspects and another aspect of us in a sense are our spirit guides. In a sense, our spirit guides are us, but they are also separate consciousnesses in their own right as well. And we can have, as I said, guides uh, that are loved ones that passed over, loved ones, loved souls that aren't incarnated. We can also have our, um, for those of us who are starseed souls, most of us are, we can have our starseed guides. We can have, um, guide, we can have special relationships with different angels and archangels that we may have worked closely with in the astral realm as souls. So that's why I do believe some of us have, for example, many of us have a very close relationship with Archangel Michael or Archangel Raphael or Gabriel or Uriel. And some of us, are, there's more specific angels. And again, the, the angel webinar or Mastering Empowerment course I did was awesome. We went over so many different types of entities and angels. And, you know, even, you know, um, angels that are less known by the common folk like Bath Cole or Hindu deities like Brahma or, for example, like we may have worked with these deities in the afterlife or in the astral. And that's why we may feel a very close relationship with them, and it may feel really easy and natural to call on them. We do have one, I do believe, and this is, you know, purported in many other sources as well, there's one guardian angel, one guardian angel that may be your closest guide. This may be the one that is kind of really by your side the entire time and looking down. And this is the one, there's really amazing stories. I've heard them I believe I experienced this once in my life as well when I was driving on the thruway between Syracuse and Rochester in upstate New York. It was February. It was snowing, as it always is, except for this, this winter. For some reason, God decided to make this winter completely snowless in western New York, which is bizarre. 
But every other winter, we have 100, 150 inches of snow. And I was driving, and my car spun out. And I really had the experience where I felt like a, a, a car was taken from about to T-bone me while I was spinning out to place in front of me safely. I had no idea how it happened. It was like a glitch in the matrix. But I felt like that may have been my guardian angel taking over and, and saving me from an accident that wasn't supposed to happen. I've heard this story from many people who felt like, or, or they felt like an angel took over the wheel or they felt like an angel took, you know, grabbed them and took them away from getting hit by a car or something. There's even, I saw a YouTube video once. I wish I could find it, but a literal a being appeared in the view of the camera that you could see and grabbed a guy who was about to get run over by a car. I think this was in Japan or, or I think it's in China actually and put him on a sidewalk and then disappeared. And it was like, what the heck? Like that was real. You know? So we have these guardian angels. We have our closest angel. We have our closest guide. I have a, a guide that I, it came to me in a, um, uh, a plant medicine journey uh, about 10 years ago. And just the moment that I met him, I knew this was like my guide, like, this was the guy. Um, I just know that I've been with him in other lifetimes. He's a very close soul that didn't incarnate on the earth with me in this lifetime. Rather, our contract is that he's serving as my spirit guide. So there, there will be that one guide that you feel closest with. And also family members that have passed over, you may feel very nat close natural relationship with. There also, as I said, might be angels and archangels or Hindu entities or other entities that you feel you just naturally feel this affinity to. And again, it's because you've worked with them as souls, um, you know, perhaps planning your life plan with them. And then any other angel or archangel or entity, you have the free will to call upon. And that's what's great about this, uh, the Master Empowerment Course. I talk people, you know, really all about these different angels, archangels, but really get a book. There's a, there's a great book um, that went along with that webinar. Uh, I don't have the book in front of me, but... Um, there's books on, you know, angels and, and entities and all the different types and, you know, what candle do you like to connect with this? Or, you know, uh, for example, I remember like Thor. Thor is actually a real entity that people can call on. You know, it's a real, real masculine entity. So, you know, in the book it says go outside and, and speak and yell as loudly as you possibly can, you know, to, <laughs> to you know, to call on Thor. And, and thankfully that wouldn't be an issue for me because I speak loudly anyway. Um, but, um, yeah, so I hope that answers the question about spirit guides. Uh, we have our personal ones. We have ones we've worked with. And then you really can connect with anyone you want. And how to connect, you know, it, it's different for everyone. Uh, some people do really well with just doing a meditation. Uh, there's a, a, a guided meditation that comes with the packages that we're offering only, you know, for Quantum Conversations listeners that uh, will help you to, you know, to meet your guide. A lot of people... Uh, have written to me or, or told me that that meditation is it's short. It's like a 10 minute meditation, but they're like, Oh my God, I've heard from like five different people that that was the first time they've actually met a guy face to face was doing that, that guided meditation. And you get that with the packages. So, you know, uh, meditation visualization works for some people to connect with their guides. Sometimes I'll recommend that people have pretend in their mind that their guide is standing in front of a chalkboard or an easel or a whiteboard and drawing. That really works well for me is when I have my guide draw things for me or show me images. I'm very image oriented in my psychic, uh, my psychicism, if that's a word, my, 
my psychic abilities, I'm very clairvoyant. Um, some people are more clairaudient. Clairaudience is never my strength, at least not yet. And some people really do well in just speaking to their guides and just listening to what they hear in their head. The issue with that I found is that unless someone has a lot of practice with clairaudience and they're in a real grounded place, the mind can tend to get and push itself in and just be talking to you and it's not actually a guide. Um, I went through a stage in my life where I was listening to a guide in my head that I thought was infallible in the sense of that all the guidance he was giving was exactly accurate, and it really wasn't. I found out it wasn't. It was just my own mind masquerading as that guide. And after that, I stopped looking for just listening, and I more just went to feeling, to visualizing, to seeing. One uh, technique that really does work well for a lot of people is um, – automatic writing and a real simple technique is you just you know you get on your laptop or you open up your notebook maybe light a white candle if you'd like or put on music whatever relaxes you meditate and then write out write out questions and then pretend that you're I, I first heard Matt Kahn talk about this technique years ago and it always works for me is you just write the question and then you receive, you just pretend that you're writing out the answer and it's coming from your guide. And sometimes at first it might be a little rocky, but if you keep going, and when I've done this in the past, sometimes I've gone for like six pages on a Word document, and and I look back and I'm like, whoa, there's some stuff in there that it feels like my mind wouldn't have been able to come up with, and it may have been coming from a higher place. And the more you practice with it, the more likely it is that you know, it's going to be more accurate and more helpful. So I hope that helps answer the question. Yeah, I love that because when you receive that information and write it down, when you go back and look at it, oh, one is so surprised. Not surprised, but yeah. reading it, you're like, wow, that's higher information. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, a higher exactly. perspective. Right. And that is yeah. powerful. So it's good yeah, to know that yeah. there's so many ways that we can tune in and tap in. Really, that is yeah. the way going forward. I love how you said it was a feeling, that you're really um, paying attention to the feeling then, um, and then going into the imagery of it as well. Uh, always these different ways to handle yeah. it. So one of, one of the rules when it comes to intuition guidance is that the more relaxed you are and the more um, – the more let go you are and the more detached from outcome you are, the more likely it is you're going to be getting accurate information. And what the kind of the double-edged sword is, is in this is that usually when you really need information, that's when you're most attached to the outcome and least relaxed. And whether you're using the pendulum or the tarot, excuse me, or your Oracle cards or doing these exercises, there's no guarantee you're getting accurate information. Actually, sometimes it, that's when it's better to go to someone else that's good. And not all psychics are good. They're not. I've been to a lot of not-so-accurate psychics in my life. So go to someone you trust that has been real accurate in the past when you really need information and you, you don't know what's going on because it might be more accurate, actually. Um, you still want to always use your discernment, no matter what psychic is telling you anything. You always want to use your discernment. 
And if something doesn't feel right, then just, you know, let it go. Um, and just mm-hmm. take what does feel right. But, yeah, the, the most accurate guidance you're going to get is usually when you're not expecting to get the guidance. So usually when you let go of looking for the answers and you might be just on a walk or, you, like, for me, the best insights I get on my own life are usually, like, walking at night, like, under the stars with my dog, and I'm just thinking about something else, and then mm-hmm. I'll get an insight into something that I was looking for weeks for answers on, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, the old adage of getting great ideas and answers in the shower. Well, one, it's because we're grounded when we're connected to water, and the more grounded you are, the more likely you're going to get, it seems uh, like it would be the opposite, but it's not. The less grounded you are, the more you're subject to just, you know, kind of BS and garbage floating around in the mind. The more grounded you are, the less active the mind is, the more likely it is you'll get accurate intuitive information. This is exactly why also the whole idea of being detached from outcome or detached from needing to know, this is why, you know, all all of you on the line that are psychics as well, every psychic that comes to me for a reading, we, we laugh about this all the time how as psychics we can never read for ourselves. I, I don't know any psychic that has said, oh, yeah, I'm always acting when we read for myself, which usually it's like I can't do this for myself and why I go to someone else or I just kind of let go of it or just journal out and just say, oh, we'll see what happens. But um, usually we're much more able to read for other people because we're completely detached from their experience and the emotions and the outcome of it. You know, mm, so yes. and anyways, just to, you know, to make it practical, the more relaxed you are and the more you practice with having this connection, you know, there are, there are entire channeled books. I mean, um, you know, the books of Seth, what was the author? I know this was from the nineties, right? Or no, the eighties. Seth, you, you know, Seth? Yes. Um, but Alice, Alice, a... uh, something, I, I don't want to say the name. Anyways, very famous books, right? With an entity named Seth. There's a lot of great information in there, amazing information that I was like, whoa, this cannot have come from uh, someone's mind. One of my favorite channeled books is called Expansion for Ascending Consciousness. That's a really cool one. And if you read that, it's like, oh, my God, there's no way any of this could have come from, you know, someone's yes. mind. Um, Barbara, Barbara Brennan, who, I mean, I, God, I learned so much from her books about, you know, doing um, energy work on the chakras. You know, her, she has Halen as, as her entity. And, you know, she developed such a relationship with that entity that, um, you know, it, the entity was writing books for her. And this happens. It's it's rare, though. But a lot of people in the spiritual community, they look at that. They're like, I want that. Like, I want to have an, uh, an, a guide or entity telling me exactly what to do at all times. And a lot of times that won't be possible because it's not in the contract because it, it, would, it wouldn't give you the lessons that you need, you know. And really, in these channeled books, it's usually not the, the entity or guide, like, telling the person, like, oh, do this, do this, do this. It's just them feeding them information. The person asks, you know, Barbara asks Heowen a question, Heowen responds, you know, rather than, you know, Heowen says, oh, Barbara, go do this, go do this, go do this. It's not usually like that. Um, so, again, it's just, it's, it's about, you know, developing relationships. The more you go back and the more you, you connect with the guide, the more you feel like you're connected with the guide. And really just as simple as believing that you have the ability to connect with your, your team. That's a big part of it. A lot of people, you know, email me and they're like, I feel blocked. How do I get unblocked and speak to my guides? And really the first rule to get unblocked is to uh, believe you're unblocked. Believe that you're, you're not being, 
you're not being limited in, in your communication with your guides because then you won't be. A lot of it is about belief. A lot of people have this projection that they put onto their guides, and it can come from parental wounds. But they feel like their guides are ignoring them. It's never like that. Never. It's a matter of belief, and it's just a matter of finding a way that really communicates through. It's easy for them to communicate because they're in an astral body. But it's about how are you receiving it. And so you just got to practice and figure out what works best for you. Yes, and practice actually builds the field and increases the bandwidth of the communication coming through. So Matthew John is a beautiful intuitive and a spiritual teacher and a starseed guide for all who would like to accelerate their journey, accelerate their knowledge, to learn about past lives and past life karma. There is a soul plan reading that you offer. So that is something that's pretty special because it's one-on-one time with Matthew John But, Matthew, there's also these teachings. You spoke a little bit about the Mastery Empowerment courses that we did. So for the sake of time, we're going to direct our listeners to read the list of all those wonderful Mastery Empowerment courses that you did. And you can share about those as well. But then we really want to know about the Soul Plan reading because that's a beautiful option for people. And another good thing is that there's an upcoming live webinar with you as well. And this one is on emotional freedom technique. So share with us about ways that people work with you and why it's so important now for you to work with them and how you can accelerate their journey. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, we're offering uh, some special offer packages that are not available anywhere else, not available on my website. Um, to people who are listening right now. And uh, one is just a package of all the courses that I've done over the past couple of years. One includes a soul plan reading, which I'll talk about, which is a very special type of reading. And one includes a soul plan reading and a past life regression, which I'll talk a little bit about as well. So offer number one, and you know, you can go to acoustichealth.com for these, um, includes the upcoming webinar, which is on January 30th. And this is going to be a live 90 minute um, course on tapping or the emotional freedom technique, which is one of my favorite tools. It's one of my favorite tools for self-healing, tools for ascension, tools for clarity is is using tapping. And a lot of you probably have heard of tapping. Some of you may have practiced with it, but regardless of your experience on it, no experience is required to join this, uh, this webinar that we're doing on the 30th. And it's specifically we're going to do tapping for each chakra, each of the seven main chakras. And we're going to walk you through the themes that are involved in each chakra. There, each chakra has a front and a back to it, the root through the crown. There's a front and a back. The crown, uh, most people say, doesn't have a front and a back, but the, the first, the bottom six do. And we're going to talk about what the back of the chakra uh, governs, what the front of the chakra governs, how do you know if that chakra is blocked, what themes in your life will be uh, present or what things will be will be unhealed, what things will be more healed if, if your chakra is at a certain level of health or not. And then we're going to do tapping sequences for each chakra. And so by the end of the 90 minutes, you'll have done an entire chakra healing for yourself. And it's very powerful because we're working with this direct themes of the chakra. It's another way of getting at things. You know, I do energy healing sessions with the angels, with a team of angels that works with me. In, in, my, in my practice, 
and those, those are wonderful. And for those we're working directly with energy on the chakras, this is a little different where we're working with the themes. And both are great. Both are great ways of, of um, improving your, your chakra health, which improves your life. And because our, our chakras basically govern whether, you know, what junk and unresolved stuff and traumas are in our chakras will govern what we're, what our experience of life is going to be. And the more that we heal these, and uh, and come to a better place with our chakras, the, the smoother our, our journey can be. Um, so we're going to go through all seven chakras, do tapping for each. I'm going to teach you how to form your, how to create your own tapping sequences, which is really cool because then after the webinar, you can do it as much as you want on your own, whether it's for you want to do tapping for physical health, whether you want to do tapping for mental clarity, whether you want to do tapping for receiving guidance, whether you want to do tapping for manifesting money, manifesting whatever you want. Um, I'm going to teach you how to do that. So uh, that's, it's $33 if you purchase it on your own, or it's included in all these packages. So you get that in offer one. You get the angels uh, webinar that we did, all about angels, archangels, and ascended masters, and spirit guides, which is great. And I spoke about that earlier. You get my Change Your Reality by Changing Your Words Mastery Empowerment course, which is a course on how do we use our words, how do we use our vocabulary, how do we use the way that we speak and write, to ourselves and to others to improve our lives through the law of attraction. Uh, we do the powerful visual, you get the powerful visualization techniques for ascension, learn how to use your third eye. And this is almost three hours of um, hands-on practices. One of my favorite things to teach is visualization. And it's, it's hands-on practices that you can use throughout your life to do things like self-energizing, purifying, cord cutting, healing, energizing chakras, meeting guides, seeing soul contracts, forgiveness, moving on from the past, grounding, shielding, etc. You get my Human Energy Field 101 Mastery Empowerment Course, which is a real deep dive into the energetic structure of us, including our chakras, including the acupuncture meridians and the nadis and kundalini energy, the 5D higher chakra systems, and much more. You get how to move on completely from your ex, um, that's, of course, uh, talking about relationships and when they end and how to move on. Uh, you get our um, spiritual uh, – uh, sorry, our grounding um, and uh, – what did I – I got cut off. What did I call this one? Um, okay, yeah, this was um, our webinar that we did about negative, negative entities and energies, right? So it's uh, about how to deal with negative entities, energies. Um, curses, etheric parasites, uh, archons, all sorts of weird stuff that we can pick up along the journey, um, how to shield yourself from those, how to clear those, how to clear entities from yourself and others, how to ground yourself, how to cut cords from other people or from the astral realm or from anywhere else. So this is a course that is for anyone who uh, wants to get better at clearing and at walking the path as this light worker and not picking up some of the negatively oriented consciousnesses along the way. You get my Mastery Empowerment course on the Divine Masculine, Awakening the, the Divine Masculine. And we all carry the Divine Masculine within, whatever gender you are. And this is about how to use things like the Law of Attraction, how to use logic, how to use structure and rituals to improve your life. You get my Creating the 5DU course, which is all about how to take stock in this course basically what we do is you take stock of your life as it is now we uh, divide it into different categories 
And then what we do is have you move onto a higher timeline, both through writing and journaling and through visualization to create the life that you want to live. So this is perfect for Capricorn season right now, moving into, you know, the rest of 2021. You get my Dissolving the Ego webinar, which has, uh, I downloaded from Spirit what I call the 12, um, the 12 facets of uh, Dissolving the Ego. And we go through each of them. Each of them is an energetic activation that helps to dissolve a part of the unhealthy ego, the, um, the jealous ego, the ego that wants to be right, the ego that isn't open to new information, the ego that wants to hold on to the past, the ego that uh, believes it knows better than God, the ego that refuses to surrender, et cetera. And no matter where you are at on your journey, these activations really, really help. You get my uh, Strengthening Your Intuition course as well, uh, which we talk about using tools like uh, cards and pendulums. And we also talk about how to actually use your intuition without any tools, how to use discernment by putting the past in the past webinar, which has a whole bunch of energetic activations to help unravel negative experiences from your past. You get my Navigating the Dark Night of the Soul webinar, which is uh just like it sounds, how to move through the uh, the parts of your life where everything seems to be going wrong at once and what it all means, and we do some energetic activations to help you navigate that. And you also get my Deeper Level of Forgiveness webinar, which is all about self-forgiveness, forgiveness of others, and you learn the five stages of forgiveness, um, five levels of forgiveness. You also get, as I said, the Guided Meditation to Meet Your Spirit Guides and Activate Psychic Gifts. You get a healing uh, encoded transmission called I Love You Regardless, that's all package one for $199. Uh, it's, it's more than half off the normal price. And package two, you get that plus the soul plan reading. So the soul plan reading, what I'm doing is I'm connecting it with your life plan. I'm taking a look at your life plan, taking a look at your soul contract, connecting in with, with your guides and my guides. And we're reading past, present, and future. What do you need to know about the events of your past in order to understand their place in your present and your future, why they happened, what the karma that was involved, what did you, did you need to learn? We look at soul contracts between specific souls, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a friendship or a family relationship, and what needs to happen. Why did the relationship um, happen as it did? Why is it happening as it is now? Especially This is especially helpful for people who have, like, difficult relationships with family um, to understand why you both chose that path, why you chose to have your mother as your mother, or your father as your father, or your brother as your brother, and why it's been so difficult and how it gets healed and whether it's meant to be healed in this lifetime or not. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it will take in the afterlife or a subsequent lifetime. So that's a 45-minute reading, special uh, time link. You can't find it on my website. And that's with package two. And that is um, going, sorry, package one is what, 155 package two is $199, $199. Um, and package three has all that plus the past life regression. So you get the, uh, the, the 14 webinars, the two other gifts, the 45-minute soul plan reading, and the two-hour past life regression. These past life regressions are so freaking cool. They're one of my favorite things that I do in my work, and I do so many cool things. Uh, I take you on a journey into your past lives. You literally get to become characters that you were in other lifetimes and see life through their eyes, and you get to um, – to, to see other aspects of other characters you've played. And it's really cool. Not only is it cool, it really is really cool, but it's also really helpful because what we do is we ask for your higher self to guide it. And we ask for your higher self to direct you to 
the most relevant lifetimes that will help you to understand your current life path the best that you can. And we usually only have time to go to two to three lifetimes in the two hours. So you'll go to the most potent ones that you'll, and at the end you'll be like, ah, now I really have a better understanding of what I've been going through over the past 10 years because I see that that character in that past life went through these karmic experiences and now I'm, I'm playing that out again in this lifetime and healing what was left over. Um, and just briefly, like, I wanted to share just a couple of experiences that people have had with, uh, with the past life regressions. Like, I had a client who uh, went to Atlantis in one of these past life regressions where um, they were working closely with, uh, with elementals. Um, he was, that was his whole thing was working directly with the elemental realm. Um, he got a very specific vision of what he looked like, long blonde hair, uh, exactly what he was wearing, um, and all the crystals and stones he was wearing. Um, he was single in that lifetime, but there was a significant woman um, who was a potential partner. His parents weren't there. Uh, he, it, w- it was so specific, um, this life in Atlantis that he saw. And then he saw chaos. He saw the ground shaking. He saw a blast. And he felt this feeling of helplessness and fear and shock. And it was the end of Atlantis that he experienced, the great flood, the nuclear war that occurred 13,000 years ago. That was such a potent lifetime to experience. And it helped him to really understand why he had this just general feeling of, of trauma within. There was another client that also went to Lemuria, um, at the end of the uh, the Lemurian experience, and he actually was taken on a spaceship to the inner Earth, and he described in great detail life as it was in the inner Earth. And then, of course, you know, so many clients just going to lifetimes on Earth. I've had clients, you know, go to ancient Egypt, ancient Sumeria, ancient Greece. Uh, clients go to, you know, Europe during the Victorian days um, or during the medieval era. Any everywhere on the planet, many clients experiencing lifetimes as uh, Native Americans here in the United States or as an Aboriginal in Australia. And it's just really an amazing experience. Like, I hope everyone on the planet literally, like, gets to do a past life regression at some point because it's so amazing to see. And it really helps you know for sure that this is all real. Reincarnation is real. We're not, this is not our only trip around, uh, around this planet is in this body. And we also go to the space between lives. So usually, as I said, we go to two to three lifetimes, and you get to go to the space between lives. And it's a really interesting experience. A lot of it people describe it as being in like a void. Some people see it as kind of a heavenly realm. Um, and from there, what we'll do is we'll interpret what your life plan was in that lifetime. You know, why did your soul create the circumstances that it did? And uh, what were you meant to learn? Did you learn it? What did you miss out in that lifetime? And then we'll relate it to your current lifetime. And, you know, people really tend to have epiphanies during these. Be like, oh, now I finally get it. I really get why I've been going through this. Because in that past lifetime, I went through the same thing, and I didn't do such a good job of it. And now in this lifetime, I'm meant to, you know, do it in a much more aligned and healed way. Like one client, um, 
he didn't do, I, I don't think this was from his past life regression, but this was from his uh, soul plan reading where he was having financial difficulties that he, in, in this lifetime, he had gone through these processes of gaining a lot of riches and then losing it and gaining a lot of riches and losing it. And he was in the beginning of the cycle of, again, I just saw that his plan had him again, gaining a lot of riches over the next couple of years and this time keeping it. And it, we related it back to a past life experience of, uh, there were there were a couple. One was uh, being a monk, I believe. One was being a monk, and um, you know, taking the vow of poverty, which was still kind of present energetically. And then one was uh, was a life where he kept getting stolen from, and there was some some sort of uh, lesson that he had to learn through that um, to be able to appreciate uh, just life without things, and that was a part of it. And in this lifetime, you know, in his life plan, he really had to learn how to appreciate kind of having nothing in order for the universe to then provide him with the wealth that he'd be able to keep. And, you know, lo and behold, he's been on that process and been doing much better financially since kind of understanding that. So the soul plan readings are great. And also just in the reading, I'll answer any questions you have. If I can't answer the question, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, connect with a guide and, and we'll, we'll get an answer. Um, but those are the three options, package one, package two, package three. Uh, we do have limited availability. I tend to uh, get booked up pretty quickly. We're booking out into February for the private sessions. Um, and we're going to do a limit of 15 for package two and 10 for package three. Hopefully we'll get all those spots uh, filled up. So, you know, if you get on this today, you, you'll be able to get in with me in February. Um, second, third week of February. But yeah, uh, I hope everyone looks into that. Yeah. You know, once you make that connection within and you have that awareness, that is instant healing. And the shift that is made from that connection and that memory is really profound. It is a really great gift mm-hmm. to extend to yourself. It's an investment in yourself. And again, this is the wholeness that we are experiencing this is why we want to do this because of that wholeness and that awareness and the recognition yeah thank you for offering so many people yeah 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 just briefly so so many people right now are at a point of of seeking and there's so many different of different stages that come along on the awakening ascension journey sometimes people will be in a stage of just like uh taking in knowledge you know, that was the beginning of my journey, was just reading, it's going to Barnes & Noble and just looking at every book I could. I would go there every night, you know, at mm-hmm. a certain point in my journey and just, just read and just read and read and watch videos. And a lot of people are in that stage. Then people get into a real self-seeking stage. They just want to understand the self. They want to understand all aspects of themselves, the starseed aspect, the soul aspect, the past life aspect. And this package is really great for that because you're going to really understand the sole aspect of self from a past life and a current lifetime perspective. Uh, and also, you know, in the soul plan readings, it's not only the past and present We're, we also do read the future. And I'll, I'll tell you what I see from your highest possible timeline. I'll say, tell you what I see on your um, most likely timeline. Um, but if you're in that stage right now where you're kind of in that self seeking stage, you know, this package would be really, really great for you. 
Beautiful. Well, it is there for you, and you can get signed up with Matthew John, and you'll have immediate access to the recordings and also join in on the upcoming class. Again, we thank you for that. Well, we have a few more minutes, and we want to extend a quick soul plan reading. These are mini readings so that you can see how Matthew John works. So hit star two if you're on the phone. If you'd like to talk with Matthew and you've put in a question over the chat, you want to join us by web call or you want to join us by the phone and hit star two. That way you can share your voice. We're going to go up to Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, area code 920. Hi, caller. You're unmuted. What's your name, please? Hi, Lauren. This is Linda. Hi, Linda. It said Bonnie, and I knew it wasn't Bonnie. (laughs) Hi. Hi. I've been listening. This is delightful. Is it possible to maybe tell me what planet I'm from? I've asked so many people, and I never get an answer. (laughs) Yeah, sure. That's that's not really the theme of of this particular talk, but I'm oh, happy to, oh, I'm to sorry. do it. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's, totally. it's fine. We did okay. we did a whole call. Um, you should check out the replays because we did a whole um a talk on star seeds back in July. Um, oh, so, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, go back in the archives on on okay. acoustic health and look at that. But yeah, absolutely, I'm happy to. Let me just tune in for you. Hold on. And anything you can tell me. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Just, just give me. A, when I do these readings, uh, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to be silent for a moment, and then I'll come back with some information. So hold on. So I pick up uh, the Lyran and Orion connection for you. Um, so look into the the Lyran being. The Lyran, there's and, many different types of Lyran beings. Some are the uh, kind of the lion or cat-headed beings. Some okay. are the more human-looking. And then the Orion beings. The Orion beings are very close to us in that they're very human-like and they're very um, in, in Lyra and Orion. The the level of consciousness, as I understand, is kind of upper 3D, which is where we're headed. It's kind of the first stop on our um, on our ascension process, really, it could be argued that rather than being 5D, it's actually kind of the upper third dimension where we yep. start to have much more of a, a unity conscious and, and abilities like teleportation and, and higher technologies, um, but not necessarily uh, as high as like the fifth dimension of the Pleiades, for example. But um, look into Lyra and Orion. Uh, as an Orion being, you will naturally have this, um, kind of built in almost PTSD in your cells. You may have also been, you know, experienced like I talked about the end of Lemuria and Atlantis as well. Lemuria for you, um, with, uh, of uh, being attacked or being um, annihilated. Uh, this is because as Orion beings, and, and my soul is part of the group that experienced the Orion Wars. Your experience of the Orion Wars, you experienced the attacking of your planet by the Draconian extraterrestrials who you know, have been present at the center of the earth and running things from the very top of the pyramid on our planet for many, many years. And so there's this natural mm-hmm. kind of inclination to constantly feel, you know, like you're on the verge of being attacked or you're on the verge of, of just being like yelled at for no reason. Um, it, it can be right. this Lyran-Orion connection. Also just this real 
affinity for uh, foods, for cooking, or for, uh, like, different tastes and different spices and just, like, trying different foods or different wines or just different, like, real earthly things. It's a very, very lilin thing. They're very, very grounded, very much into variety on the earth, where, you know, some of the other, um, like the Arcturians, for example, don't have much use for that. And for them, you know, they're, they really just pay attention to math and science and quantum physics and all that. But for the Lyrans, it's a very grounded experience. Um, you may love to travel, so you may just love to experience mm-hmm. different things. I, I love traveling. Yes, that's wonderful because I love yeah. to travel, and um, yeah. but I love to help people people heal themselves yeah. too. Exactly. So healing that, uh, healing one of the comes best, to me really easily. Yes, one, one of the one of the the strong points of an Orion soul uh, will be shadow work, shadow work, um, healing things like like fear and, and low self esteem, um, separation from you know parents, you know people who weren't raised very well. Uh, all the the shadow aspect that gets built up within. So, yeah, you, you're you're definitely you know a natural healer. Um, definitely, you'd be really good working one on one and with and with small groups. You know, um, probably be good. Definitely like working with childhood wounds. You know, inner child healing things like that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lauren, for you're calling welcome. on me as well. I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Perfect. Okay. Love you. Love you. All right. (laughs) Oh, I love this connection with our heart tribe. I really do. We have time for one more, at least one more. Um, Let's go to um, cell phone caller out of Salt Lake City, 801 area code. Hi, caller. You're unmuted. Hello. Hello. Oh, Lauren. Hi. Yes, hi. <laughs> Tell me. So I'm going to pull over. <laughs> um, oh, good. Yes, pull oh my gosh, over. Thank you, thank you for listening. Pull over the spaceship, please. Yeah. Please pull over the spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> People it's join us from around the world. There's a few of those around here. I'm in a, uh, um, a national park, and it's, like, really spacious. But anyway, oh, I guess nice. I'm going to... Just ask you to tell me yeah. um, what you what what the question was is like just I don't know how you stated it life direction life karmic life purpose what did you say I don't know well basically I what we can do in the we should have clarified before but um, what in these little mini readings basically um, if there's any specific question you have about kind of your life plan or a soul contract or if you just want a general sense of like uh, where you're going and purpose we can do that. Oh, general life plan or purpose? You you just whatever comes up. Let's just hear it. <laughs> sure. Okay. Okay. Sorry. What's your first name? My name is Sheila. Sheila. Okay. All right. Just give me a moment. I'm just gonna be silent too. Okay. I feel that you're um, in this process of heading towards just, I'm going to kind of put it in a more of an ethereal sense of explanation first, and then I'll really ground it. But um, you're, you're in this process of just releasing like a lot of us are, but you're really releasing old 
stuff. Like there's like this version of you from the first number of years of your life. And uh, what's your age? I am going to, I'm 68. 68. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because you're, you're, um, you're, you've, you've been kind of this person that you thought you were for the first 67 years and you are going through this process of releasing these relationships, these ties to your old life um, in a really major way. And I just get the sense of you getting to this lighter and lighter place where you're not tied down to anything. Like I could almost see you like living in a camper or, or living in an RV or, or, or just like living on a commune or something, um, living a very simple, simplistic life. It, it seems like that's what your soul is guiding for you to do is just get lighter and lighter and lighter. It's almost as if you've lived two lives and this second life is totally different than the first 60 whatever years of your life. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, I actually um, just came from a more very elementary sort of off-the-grid situation, and I am in transition. I'm actually in Utah looking for property and and I've, I okay, love being off the grid, so, you know, I... Yeah, yeah. That, exactly. That totally makes sense. I, that's yeah. exactly what I saw you doing. Like, honestly, like, I could see you living in an RV, perhaps, or, um, you know, creating a very small, like, off-grid tiny home, something like that, but being really disconnected and doing a lot of writing, doing a lot of writing, doing a lot, doing a lot of reading, doing a lot of praying, working with, with herbs and working with even plant medicine, um, and... There's definitely a, a contribution you can. There's a huge contribution that you know you're you're having. You're meant to have to the collective consciousness. Um, I see you having direct experiences with um, extraterrestrials, positive extraterrestrials. Um, yeah. Don't worry, positive extraterrestrials. When you're out in the desert, <laughs> there, it, it it either already. I happened am, and actually, where I just came from was New Mexico. Okay. <laughs> Lots of them okay. there. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're having a, a lot of connect, And that's, that's kind of a, a part of your contribution, your work, is, you know, UFO sightings and connections with these ETs and kind of writing. And, uh, you know, definitely if, if on, in the off-grid, you know, it's um, having an Internet connection is something you'd like to do, which probably you would. Uh, you know, writing about this stuff on a blog or whatever would be great. Um, any way that you can put this out in the world compiling a book of UFO experiences from yourself and from others would be something you may publish down the line. But your connection with the paranormal uh, is definitely a big part of your contribution. That's why the universe has put you out in the desert, you know, um, art, art bell territory, so to speak. You know, God bless his soul. Um, so uh, does that make sense? It totally does, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely one of the. You have a very interesting life plan. I mean, it's not definitely. It's totally very different than mine. You're if God puts you out in the desert and said, "All right, you're going to be like seeing a lot of UFOs and writing about it and talking to weird people and creating this off-grid experience and uh, a very unconventional life is what's in store for you in your later years. As I said, almost like a well, second life. Thank you. <laughs> you're That's welcome. Good. Unconventional is new and good. You know. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so absolutely. much. You're I welcome. really appreciate you guys. I love you. Best, best of luck. Best of luck. 
Thank you. Yes, amazing that Matthew John picked up on your ET experiences, huh? Wow. Amazing. Good. That's why, All that's right. Why at first, I told her to pull over the spaceship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> pull over the spaceship. That's what she's actually driving. Wow. Okay. It's not actually on the highway. She's she's above the highway. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I, you know, I actually uh, real real quick, Lauren. Um, I uh, back on um, oh, what day was it? There was a day when oh, December twenty first, yes. twenty twenty, when uh-huh. it was the day when we were all doing the you know kind of the unity meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, my experience that day was I really saw these really amazing visions of like the future New Earth, and you know, one of the things was like these flying hovercrafts that like. There'll be there'll be traffic above the ground, like pretty soon here, like literally, I think within 20 years, you know, with this Jupiter and Saturn jumping into Aquarius and Western astrology, like we're going to just have this fast forward of technology like we wouldn't believe. And we're going to see these hovercrafts and we're going to see a teleportation become like a thing, I believe, within 60 years on this planet. It's my prediction, 60 to 70 years out, we'll, we'll have teleportation. Um, we're going to have people being able to take trips off planet uh, to space stations and to different planets. I mean, it's just going to accelerate like, like crazy over the, the this 20, the 21st century here. Um, so yeah, wow. <laughs> it made me think of well, what, I, what I talked about. You know, I joked about her being above the highway. <laughs> yeah. It, we were supposed to have our flying cars by 2020 and we haven't had our flying cars yet, but you see Who's, them as what coming was that, from the Jetsons. Yes, <laughs> the, Jetsons the Jetsons or Shazam, of course. Shazam or Star Wars, <laughs> or we're supposed to have right. them already. And so, anyway, I see it coming by twenty forty. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing, well, the teleportation I, I, I would be trip. awesome. Yeah. Teleportation. Yeah. Journey is the ability to journey into the inner Earth, and yeah. like this, this meet people meeting and traveling back and forth between the you know the surface and Agartha. It's mm-hmm. like that's one of my the most fascinating uh, areas of spirituality of this whole new earth. You know, to me is like learning about Agartha. Kind of a right. A, a, yeah. Have you had people on here talk about that? It's it's so fascinating to me. I know it is fascinating. Um, inner Earth, Gartha, Agartha, Telos. Yeah. yeah. And and when yeah. we yeah. get our vibration high enough, we will start seeing those meetings. Of course, right now we can journey in consciousness to. Right. connect in that way but to physically yes. connect is yes, a fascinating story with, mm-hmm. within a few decades yeah we're gonna have those fit and of course we're gonna have physical meetings with with pleiadians and syrians and you know maybe you know the yael and the Sasani and other races mm-hmm. of, that are like really close and associated with earth uh over the next uh i really believe in this decade coming up before the end of this decade, we'll have official quote unquote first contact on a mass scale where, you know, you tune into your TV and there's Pleiadians or the Yael. Supposedly the Yael are the ones that um, are, are supposed to meet us first in, in the physical on a mass scale. Um, and they're the ones who did the famous Phoenix lights flyover. That was the Yael. And that was their kind of a mass awakening, you know, um, show the Phoenix Lights, which I think was mm-hmm. like 2003. Mm-hmm. Well, it's fascinating. And I know, you know, we heard from our caller, our listener, Sherry or Sheila, sent, sending us a note that she's seen a lot in New Mexico. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, yeah, our personal experiences 
of looking towards the skies and seeing the skies yeah. uh, and raising our vibration is actually going to help others see that as well. So it's yeah. a fascinating time. And again, yeah. for those who want to work with Matthew John, you are invited to check out his special offer. Look at the beautiful package that he's got there. It is full of incredible stuff that you can start right away listening to the whole facet of his teachings, plus get that personal session. So that is there for all of you. And I want to thank you, Matthew, John, for this time today. Uh, you sharing your wisdom, it's always so empowering for us because it's a beautiful reminder that we really are here with a purpose and a mission. And when we connect yep. inward in this way, we are guided beyond yep. our imagination. And it's a beautiful thing to connect in this way as we go through this journey on planet Earth. So as we yeah. say goodbye, anything you'd like to share as we wrap up? Yeah, um, I, I hope everyone learned a lot uh, from listening. I always love to share information and wisdom and just help people to get a better understanding of things or even a better understanding of things, if you prefer to think of it like that. So I hope everyone uh, got something out of this. And, um, you know, regardless of what people are saying, what you might hear in channelings or things like that, um, try to stay away from the fearful uh, predictions about 2021. What, what will happen will happen, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as bad as a lot of people are predicting. Just live life, live life as you are. You know, if, if preparing for anything that you might think is coming, like, makes you feel better, then, then do it. But really, just live life, enjoy yourself, work on your life's mission, whatever you feel that is, you know, and, it, you know, get, get a reading with me if you want to have a better idea of your mission and what's coming up for your future. Um, but just the more you can be, we just, we need to be, don't pay attention to anything that's puts you in a fearful state just be yes beautiful words of wisdom from matthew john really this is a powerful year of change and it is great and your love matters your vibration matters mm -hmm. so um thank you matthew john for your tireless assistance in helping people connect to their higher self yeah. and their inner wisdom yeah. Thank you. You're very you are welcome. a teacher you of the heart. Again. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, too, for listening and sharing your heart light with us today. Now it is time to dance our way to the cosmic light, to the cosmic heart, and be happy and be joyous. If Matthew can help you on your path, check out his special offer. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste.
for listening to this quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music, available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.